we will turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 26 and 27. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. We take victory in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that your spirit will minister to each and every one of our needs, eliminating your word for us. And I pray that all of us will come to a place of total surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in the name of Jesus. And we take victory in the house. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Today's message is titled, We Need Help. Praise the Lord. We were talking about, you got help. And today we want to move to the next part. We need help. Praise the Lord. So in speaking about we need help, I want to cover four subtopics, and they are one, we need help to pray. Number two, we need help to witness. Number three, we need help to minister. Number four, we need help to live. Praise the Lord. Amen. So today we're going to start with we need help to pray. We need help to pray. Breathe. Everybody's breathing. But last week, I had a doctor's appointment. I walked into my doctor's office. And my doctor said, breathe. I said, I'm breathing. So take a deep breath. Hold it. And then release. Knowingly, unknowingly, you know, consciously, unconsciously, but constantly breathing. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. Praise God. Likewise, in our spiritual life, prayer is like breathing in, breathing out. Breathing in, breathing out. But how often we go without prayer. It's like somebody saying, inhale, hold, and then not telling you, let go. Or some, we just don't completely ignore prayer in our life. Here, Apostle Paul in chapter 8 talks about different things. But he says here in this particular verse, we do not know how we ought to pray. But he starts by saying, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Praise the Lord. Weakness. We have to admit that we have a weakness. Do we have a weakness? Well, we try to shroud our weakness. We try to cover our weakness. We don't want anyone to know about our weakness. But here Paul is saying that we do have a weakness. When, when you study the writings of Paul, just simply concentrating on the prayers of Paul, it is so deep, it is so rich, it is so full. Yet this man is saying 
that we do have a weakness. Praise the Lord. So we start by acknowledging that we have a weakness. Weakness in what realm? We're talking about weakness here in the realms of prayer. Amen. In the realms of prayer. The term weakness in Greek is called asthenia. It may include physical, emotional, spiritual disability bar. Disability. Weakness. We all have one kind or the other kind of weakness. But in this context, he's talking about the weakness as our inability to pray as we ought to pray. And for many Christians who do not even have a prayer life, they would not even able to acknowledge that they have such a weakness. But as God's children, God expects us to be in constant touch with him in prayer through prayer. But Paul is admitting to the fact we do not know what and how we ought to pray. Meaning, the right prayer at the right time. Praise God. The right prayer at the right time. And even though we would have a hard time in acknowledging weakness, one evidence of our weakness that Paul makes it clear is the fact that we do not know what we ought to pray. Praise the Lord. Think about it. Think about that. In our weakness, we don't know how to pray, what to pray, meaning we don't know both the content and the manner in which we ought to pray. Praise God. What a challenge we face. As we read chapter 8, we receive. There are two challenges that we are facing. One, here in this world, there is sufferings. There is challenges. There is hurdles. At the same time, God has promised a greater unveiling, a glory that awaits us. So every believer goes through this season in their lives where they are facing here on earth a season of challenges and sufferings and groanings. But at the same time, we are given that hope and through that lens of hope, we see yonder and we see the glory that awaits us. Now that's a fact and this what we experience here is also a fact. So what is the struggle? Well, we have our inner frailties. Inner frailties. This is how Jesus puts it. Jesus says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Do you know what is the context? Do you know what is the setting? Huh? It is in the garden of Gethsemane. And in context of what is Jesus saying this? Peter is, Jesus says, can you not just watch and wait for one hour, one hour, just one hour, 60 minutes. 
the most crucial time for Jesus. And he's enlisted his, his disciples to wait and pray with him for one hour. Every one of them is in slumber. And Jesus says what? He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So there are frailties within us. There are frailties within us. We might have a desire, but we cannot go through it. We have a desire, but we cannot stay under it. We have a desire, we have a goal, we have an objective, we have a clear mandate, but we are not able to carry it through. Praying it through, praise God, praying it through. That's the frailties on the inside. But there is force on the outside. There is force on the outside. What's the force on the outside? Paul writing to the Ephesians says, we do not struggle against flesh and blood, but against what? We are waging a warfare in the cosmic realms. There is powers that are fighting, that is wrestling, that is trying to pull us down, that is trying to put us down, that is trying to subdue us, but we have been given the resources and the provision, and God expects us to fight through. So there is the frailties on the inside, and there is the foes on the outside. The odds are stacked against you and me. Praise God. Oh my goodness. In this world where knowledge and information is at the tip of our fingers, praise God. The Bible says we do not know what and how we ought to pray. My, my, my. Quite often, when in prayer, what are we doing? We are giving directions to God. Think about it. We are giving directions to God. Prayer is not directing God, but prayer. We come and we are directing God. Lord, do this. Lord, do this. Lord, do this. We are giving the direction. That's not what God intends. Prayer is not telling God what he needs to do. Prayer is not addressing God up in heaven saying, Lord, this is what needs to be done. But prayer is understanding the will of God and allowing the will of God to be done on earth through us as the instruments of righteousness. But quite often we are struggling because we do not know what we ought to pray. Have you ever been caught in a place where you don't know how to pray, what to pray? Have you ever been there? I've been there so many times. Got no clue what to pray. I'm not talking about praying with a lot of subjects. That's not what we're talking about. You're going through a season in your life and you don't know what is it that you need to pray. Think about it. In the Bible, Jesus says there are mountains that we need to speak against. 
You know, when mountain stands against us, mountain-like issues stand against us, there are times when we need to rebuke those mountains. But then we also understand that there are mountains God expects us to climb. And for us, we need to know the difference between them. And quite often, we don't understand the difference. The psalmist puts it like this, by my God, I shall charge against these troops. By my God, I will scale these walls. That means when there are opposition coming against us, I'm talking about spiritual warfare. When there are opposing foes that comes against us, there are seasons when we have to charge against it, when we have to push forward. But then there are also words in the Bible that says, stand fast. Stand still and know that I am God. So how do you differentiate? So when you go through seasons in your life, you don't know what is it that you need to pray. Praise God. Going through the trials in life, do you pray, Lord, take the trials away? Or give me the strength, the stamina, the tenacity to go through it? Facing a hurdles in my life, what do I do, my Lord? Do I press in? Is this the right time to press in? Is this the right time to move forward? I don't know. Praise God. We all go through such crisis in our lives when we are not able to understand what is it that we need to do. How often we have loved ones approaching us and saying, please pray for me. And you ask them, what, do you, what is it that you want me to pray? Some don't even say what it is. Have you had people come to you saying, can you please pray for me? You say, what is it that you Just pray for me. What do you want me to pray for you? Just pray. Okay. And then, then there are people who would come and tell you like, you know, please pray that I do this, I get this, I get this done. Is that the will of God concerning you? Well, we just pray, right? Because our relationship with them causes us to pray because we are their well-wishers. As well-wishers, we pray. But do you ever ponder to ask God whether that's God's will for your life? Are you in the will of God or are you out of the will of God? We take it so casually. We want to call our own shots. We want to tell what God needs to do for us. And so we enlist people to push. Is that what we do? Praise God. So many things in life we think would turn out to be a wonder would become detrimental in life, would become a distraction will become a derailment, will become a disaster in life. Think about it. We think that's the best thing to do. And without knowing the mind of God, the will of God, we press in and we push in and we realize later on in life as things unfold for us that it is actually a derailment from the purpose of God. At the same time, there are so many things in life that we thought would be terrible but have proven to be a blessing in disguise. 
Now, it, you can't just simply hold that on a smaller scale, on an individual scale. You just think about it on a larger scale. We pray for individuals as friends. We pray for families. We pray for church. We pray for nations. But in, no matter what we do, we do, we need to know what is it that we are praying for. Are we praying according to the will of the Father? Think about it. We pray for families. We pray for our congregation. We're praying for our church. We're praying for our nation. We want our nation to prosper. I want our nation to prosper. I'm a well-wisher of our nation. I want this country to prosper. I want this country in every manner to zoom. And so every election we pray. Praise God. Many a people who made the decision last time. They are regretting now. I don't know. Are you among them? I don't know. Because when you talk, it comes up, right? What am I saying? We have to pray for God's will to be done in every rounds of our lives. And for that, we need to know what the will of God is. Praise God. I remember, do you remember the days immediately after 9-11? Our nation came together and there was prayer meeting. Times Square Church was open 24-7. People were praying. We had a fasting prayer going on. This whole nation joined together in prayer. What made this nation come together in prayer? It was a tragedy. And sometimes we need to know that people come together and call upon the name of the Lord, not in hay seasons, but in seasons which are full of trouble. So we've become people who pray for the will of God to be assured in every realms of our life, from our nation, to our communities, to our congregation, to our families, to individuals. We want the will of God concerning all of us to be fulfilled. Prayer is not getting our will done in heaven. It's getting God's will done on earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we ought to pray, Lord, I give this matter into your hands. Praise God. Lord, let your will be done in our lives. But then we don't know at times what it is that we need to do. Paul says, when we don't, we have what? We have the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. I love my God. Praise God. We have the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I'm clueless. But the Holy Spirit indwells within me. I am a finite being with lots of limitations. I'm a finite being with lots of limitations. The smartest man on earth, the most intelligent man on earth has limitations. But the spirit of God that indwells me is unlimited. My vision is limited, but his vision is unlimited. My understanding is limited, but his understanding is unlimited. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
No wonder the scripture says, as far as the heavens are high above the earth, is what? So great is his thoughts. Amen. Thoughts is far higher and wider than you and I can ever think. And that Holy Spirit indwells you and me. Knowing my weakness, my weakness in this context is not knowing how and what I ought to pray at a given situation on a given time. The Spirit of God intercedes on my behalf. I don't know. Do you think it's a relief to realize that the effectiveness of my prayer is not based on my ability to understand in this context, but God, the Holy Spirit, takes over. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And he does what? The Bible says he intercedes. Praise God. Amen. I believe he intervenes. And he intervenes and he intercedes. He looks at me and says, Finney has no clue what he's going through. Finney has no clue what's around the corner. Since he has no clue what's around the corner, the chances are even though he's praying, he's not praying what he ought to pray. Therefore, I who sees what he's about to get into, I will intercede on his behalf. Wow. Oh my God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Groanings. He intercedes with groanings. That means there is no audible words that's coming out. Praise God. The Holy Spirit in me grows and prays on my behalf, intercedes on my behalf. Praise God. Oh my God. Praise God. It is so beautiful. I want you to come with me. I want you to look at this triangle. The Spirit of God is in me, indwells me. And within me, the Holy Spirit is interceding for me. And Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he's doing what? It is, he is interceding for me. Praise God. And God has also given me a provision. The provision is, I am surrounded with people who love me. I want to believe that I'm surrounded with people who love me. Are you surrounded with people who love you? The fellowship of saints. People who love us, people who pray for us. Not everybody might not do it, but that's fine. Praise God. We are surrounded with people who love us who intercedes on our behalf. So there is an intercession that's going from the internal. And there is an intercession that's going from the 
external, the body of Christ, the body of believers, the people who love us, the people who stand in the gap for us. Every one of us should be part of a group that stands in the gap for you. It should be your home. Your home base should be the primary base where people who love you and care for you stands in the gap for you, my friend. Praise God. Make sure that you cultivate that habit in your home and your offsprings will emulate that habit. They should see you be standing in the gap for them. They should hear you standing in the gap for the church and they should Emulate that lifestyle in them because this is not a lone crusader's job. God has not called any one of us to be lone crusaders. He has enlisted in the army of God. We are on a battle. We are pressing forward. We have a destiny. We have a destination. And in this destiny, we want to be empowered. And we want to be surrounded with people who support us. We need to have a circle of praying friends who stand in the gap. That's why you need to plug yourself into a small group. Plug yourself into a Sunday school class. Plug yourself into the prayer groups in the church because we uphold each other in prayer. They might not tell you all the time that they are praying for you, but God will put them on his, on their heart when there is a need. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many times God will wake us up and ask you to pray for people. When he does that, you stand up, get up, and you start interceding on their behalf because if God is giving you a burden, he expects you to fulfill that. So there is an internal voice that is going up to heaven, praying on our behalf. Have. There is Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and for me. And there is the fellowship of saints that surround us that's praying for you and me. That's a beautiful thing. Internal, external, and a heavenly one. I will want to put it as celestial. Praise God. Jesus, praise God, the Son of God interceding for you and for me. But then coming back to us. Holy Spirit starts interceding for you and me with groans. Praise God. Hallelujah. You look at that verse. It's so beautiful. Look what it says. It says, likewise the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. I don't know about you. I want to confess that I need his help. Do you need his help? Praise God, I need his help because there are elements in my life where are weak, where I do not know how and what I need to pray. Therefore, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Spirit himself makes intercession for us, not someone else. The Holy Spirit himself undertakes the assignment of interceding on my behalf for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So the spirit in me groans. Praise God. What a beauty. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are so used to prayer that is, that is vocalized. Prayer 
that is, that is spoken out. Prayer that is so spontaneous. Here, the Holy Spirit within me groans with words that is not being uttered. Praise God. Do you know what is the quality of this groaning? Have you heard anybody groan? Have you heard anybody groan? When people are in pain, they groan. Jesus in his ministry, if you read the Bible, the Gospels, there are many places where Jesus groaned in the spirit. The pain and, 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 and the sin and the consequences of sin, when Jesus saw that, he groaned with them. And in Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about three kinds of groaning. One, the creation is groaning. The creation is groaning for a liberty to be set free from the decay and the disaster that sin has brought in life. Number two, the believers are groaning. The believers are groaning for that redemption of the body. Praise the Lord. For that glorified estate that God has promised us. Here, the Holy Spirit is groaning. Why is he groaning? What is he doing? Look at the beauty, it says. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Praise God. I am finite, I am limited. The Holy Spirit, he, he is not limited. He knows the will of God. He knows the mind of God. Praise God. So I'm going through something in my life and the Holy Spirit groans within me interceding according to the will of God. Amen, amen, amen. How can I illustrate this? Praise God. You know, to me, the natural course of action right now is the pathway that is open for me right here. This is natural. So, I, in my natural mind, I look at the opening before me. It's wide open. The aisle is open. All I have to do is walk through. We, as human beings, we always want to take the least resistant path. That's us. We want to go through the least resistant path. The will of God might or might not be the least resistant path that is before me. So if the will of God concerning me is not the least resistant path that is before me, that is wide open for me, even when I'm making a step to go forward like this, the Holy Spirit within me intercedes with groan according to the will of God. Knowing the will of God for me is not to walk through this path, but to walk through this path. The Holy Spirit within me, he groans and he intercedes to the Father in heaven saying, Finney needs to take this path. Direct him in this path. Oh my God. Praise God. God, when we say God is love and God cares for me, what is it that we understand? Praise God. Hallelujah. He has given his spirit, meaning God himself indwells you and me to direct you according to the will of God. Oh my God, the will of God. And the Bible says, 
You know, he searches. Look how that word goes. He says, what does it say? He searches. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is. Meaning, God scans. Praise God. And he sees the mind of the spirit. Meaning, the spirit praying. The spirit interceding. In absolute perfect will of the Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. Quite often our prayers are selfish in nature. It is. Because we are, we are so limited. Praise God. But God wants us to be in his will. In his will. And so the Holy Spirit within me groans and he prays for God's will to be fulfilled in my life. So as believers, we want to be aligned with the will of God so that God's will concerning our life is fulfilled. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. According to the will of God. Praise God. When we study the word of God, there is, the will of God is mentioned very clearly. It is the general will of God concerning all of us. But then God has a specific plan for each and every one of us. God has a specific will for our lives, individual lives. Our lives are custom cut lives. Our lives, we are not just part of the cookie cutting thing that comes out of an assembly plan that every believer is this. No, God has a special, specific design concerning you. Praise God. And he wants that design design to be fulfilled in our lives and if that has to happen we have to yield ourselves to the spirit of God now it's very important that we understand that the Holy Spirit's intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered ought not to be confused with the speaking in tongues now, there are a lot of people who teach that that groaning, that those words, those uttering of the spirit is speaking in tongues. No. The Bible is very clear about it. The intercession that is talked, that is being spoken in Romans 8, 26, 27, is the Holy Spirit himself interceding on our behalf according to the will of God. Praise God. A person, when he's baptized in the Holy Spirit, one of the evidence of baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. You start speaking in tongues. And so we encourage every one of us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about it a little later. Praise the Lord. So when a person is baptized in the Spirit, he starts speaking in tongues. And so Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 14, 14. And I read it like this. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is fruitful, is unfruitful. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. 
if I pray in a tongue? How many of you guys speak in tongues? You should exercise that gift of speaking in tongues. Praise the Lord. When you are in the presence of God, when you are in your prayer room, when you are in your devotion, you speak in tongue. You are praying to the Lord. You are speaking to the Lord directly. Praise the Lord. Amen. When you come to worship in corporate worship, there is a time when you can exercise that speaking in tongue in worship to God. Praise the Lord. And then there is a time if God gives you a message for the body of Christ, so that the body of Christ should be edified, you give that message in a tongue that people can understand. Here, Paul is saying, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. When you pray in tongues... It is your spirit that prays. I want you to understand this. Both the word says spirit. But Romans 8, 26, 27 is talking about spirit with a capital S, the Holy Spirit. Here, when you are speaking in tongues, it is your spirit that is praying. Praise God. Look what Paul says, says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. He who is baptized with the Holy Spirit has the gift of speaking in tongues. As you are praying in tongues, your spirit is praying. Praise the Lord. Your spirit is communicating. Your spirit is praying according to the will of God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. He who speaks in tongue does not speak unto man, but he speaks to, speaks to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, we are so used to praying and we need to use our mind to pray also. We need to use our mind to pray also. Because when you are in a particular situation, you need to know, the, based on the settings, you need to know what and how to pray. Praise God. In other words, suppose you are asked to pray during a funeral. Do you utter the same prayer in a wedding service? Yes or no? So God has given us a mind and understanding. And we use that mind and the understanding to pray in accordance to the setting. So God has given us that wisdom to do it. And we need to do that. But God has also given us the Holy Spirit. And our spirit can pray in tongues. Allowing the Holy Spirit to take control of the faculties of our speech to pray according to the will of the Father. To communicate to him. To talk to him. So listen. The first setting we are talking about is. The Holy Spirit himself. Groaning and interceding on your behalf. According to the will of God. 
Second setting, when you speak in tongues, your spirit is praying as the Holy Spirit takes control of the faculties of your speech and is praying to God. Praise God. Paul is saying, I will, in verse 15, I will pray with the Spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit and also sing with the understanding. Praise God. Praying with the Spirit clearly refers to praying in tongues. That's clear in verse 14. So the Holy Spirit praying in you according to the will of God. Number two, your spirit praying as you speak in tongues and you're speaking to God. Number three, your mind. You're using the mind that God has given you to pray, praise the Lord, and to communicate with him. Praise God. Do we need help? I need help. We all need help. And the Holy Spirit is available for us. Praise the Lord. As he intercedes with words, with groans, that words cannot be used. Praise God. He intercedes according to the will of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of us pray, Lord, I want your will to be done in my life. Jesus prayed that in the garden of Gethsemane, right? Lord, if possible, take this cup away from me. Yet, not my will, but let your will be done. Wow. If Jesus prayed that prayer, do you think you and I can emulate that prayer in our life? The other day I was talking to a brother in our church. And we are talking about, about we, when we use the term, the will of God in our prayer. And the brother was telling me, you know, when, when we want, when we pray for things that we want, we don't want to use the will of God. We don't want to use it. When it's, it doesn't touch us or it's going to bother us or it's, gonna, it's, 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 going, it's not something that we desire, we say, Lord, let your will be done. Is that how it should be? God wants his will to be done in our individual lives and in our families, in our congregation, in our community, in our nation. And God's people ought to orient ourselves and cultivate a lifestyle where we, not just simply using that vocabulary, but actually praying, Lord, we want your will to be done in our lives. Praise the Lord. So when the Spirit is praying within me according to the will of the Father, what is expected of me? What do you think is expected of me? Tell me, church. What is expected of us? Hmm? Be obedient. Yield yourself. Synchronize yourself to His will. Praise God. 
instead of resisting the will of God, instead of battling him, yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit so that God's will be done in our lives. Do you think you and I can chart and map our life better than God's will for our lives? What do you think? Do you think you and I can chart our lives, create a trajectory for our own lives that is better than the will of God concerning our lives? If so, you and I can find rest and ease and peace in the will of God. Sometimes the will of God would seem to be hard. Sometimes the will of God might look as if it's impossible. Sometimes the will of God would seem as if it is, it is, it's going to ruffle our feathers. Sometimes the will of God might seem that it is not, not perfect. Praise the Lord. It might seem as if it, was, it is going to shake us up. Praise the Lord. But if there is a shaking up in the will of God for you and for me, it is for the better. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we yield ourselves. Praise the Lord. Even when we don't understand the will of God, we have the helper, the comforter, the counselor, the According to the will of God. Do you feel weak this afternoon? Praise the Lord. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And he prayed, the Bible says, three times that he'd be removed. But God gave him an answer saying what? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So the first three prayers were what? Out of the will of God. And God directed him into the will of God. And so Paul flourished within the will of God by fulfilling the mandate that was placed for him. Praise God. When you are within the will of God, you are able to bloom and blossom. You are able to prosper. You are able to fulfill what God wants to do in your life, for your life, and through your life. We are content quite often in God's work being done in our life and for our life. But God has one more face to it. That is through our lives. What is the difference between in and for us? In and for us allows me to enjoy everything that God sends my way. But through is when I, instead of simply being a blessing, me being blessed, now I am being a blessing to others. The first one was the channel was open right into me. And I was basking in glory. And I was enjoying what God was sending it in my way. But now God says, no, I want you to become a channel. And that is through me. He opens a channel through us. 
Praise God. Within the will of God concerning you and me is an avenue that God prepares and makes you a blessing and a shade and a haven for people around you. Are you content with just simply being blessed? Or do you want to be a blessing to others? And if that has to happen, we need to come what? Where? We need to ask God to fulfill his will for our lives. All eyes closed, we're going to pray. Thank you, Father. We yield our life to him. The Spirit himself, himself, helps us in our weakness, himself. Not a third party, not subcontracted to someone else, but he himself. Praise God. And he makes that intercession based on the will of God inside us. Praise God. What a beautiful provision God has for you and for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Even when we go wrong in our lives, in the desires that we have, in the prayers that we have, God has His Spirit within us, praying for us according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit interceding from within. Jesus Christ interceding for us from above. And the fellowship of saints interceding for us without. When you and I face the frailties of life that is from within and the foes that battle against our lives from outside, God doesn't leave us high and dry, but he makes provisions for us so that God's will concerning our life. My Father, we yield our life to you this morning. Thank you, Father. We pray, Lord, that we would yield ourselves to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gifts of the tongues that you have given us. We thank you, Lord, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit experience that we have. We pray that we will continue to speak in tongues because the scripture reminds us that he who speaks in tongues does not speak unto man but speaks unto God himself. We pray that we will yield the faculties of our speech and our thought and our understanding to you, Father. And we pray that we will pray with our mind and pray with our spirit. We will sing with our mind and we'll sing with our spirit. We pray that we will not be limited to the mind realm, but we will open up to the spirit realm. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Let's yield our lives to you. Bless us together in Jesus' name.